Are you ready, kids? Aye, aye, Captain! Look at me, short. I'm the captain now. Welcome to the Supercoach Co-Captains Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Supercoach Co-Captains Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Dano, and with me, as always, we have Pado. Welcome, Pado. Thanks, Dano. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, listeners. Uh, yeah, great to be here. Let's just jump straight into it. Fun fact, Pado. Fun fact that you said, ladies and gentlemen, listeners. Do you know that 32% of our listeners are female? That's brilliant. I love that. That is, I, I saw our stats the other day. I was like, that's actually pretty good. So shout out to all the female super coaches out there. They're going all right. Sweet. So anyway, we'll go on to the group winner who actually was a male. Uh, his name was Peter. Um, his, what, what is his, his team name? It's Sir Donk DRSC. So DRSC is just um, what Dr. Supercoach uses their sort of uh, gotcha. code. So he, clearly he's part of that community, which is, a brilliant podcast, mind you. So if you if you haven't heard of Dr. Supercoach, jump on and give them a listen. They are absolutely brilliant at what they're doing. Probably the best in the business, in my opinion. But um, Sir Donk is an interesting one, but obviously a nickname. But yeah, he had a, a massive 2,630 this week, which, um, I mean, it was a pretty high-scoring week. But to score that in round seven is a an, an tremendous effort. So great job on that one, Sir Donk. Yeah, he had uh, Tom Stewart, Lockie Neal. Tuki Miller come back into it. Um, Short, who we'll discuss a bit in a minute, actually, or in a few minutes. Um, Gorney, fuck yeah, huge score, huge score. So kudos to you, man. Anyway, going to the injuries, and we're only going to really mention one at the moment, and that's going to be Georgie Hewitt with his calf. Paddy should be okay this week. I mean, I hope so. Um, it was it was more of a precaution. The, the language that they were using, they were sort of comparing him to the Crips hamstring. So. Hopefully they just held him out because they were playing north and they thought, oh, we don't really need him. Um, if he's got a slight niggle, let's not risk making it worse. So yeah. hopefully he'll be fine for this weekend. Um, luckily, sh- huge shout out to, is it Sam Deconing? Whatever Deconing everyone has. Um, for pumping out a 77, which is yeah. really, really solid for, for a guy like that and really clutch timing because a lot of us had Hewitt out. So thank you, Deconing. Yep, yep. Anyway, we'll move on to rookie trading. So here, uh, we've only got, what, two blokes really of note on the bubble. So the first one's Paul Curtis, 117k forward, uh, minus 48, 58 average. Looked okay. Um, but like job security-wise, Pato, what, what does it look like? He's got the round 14 buy as well, just factoring that in. Yeah, I, I think the job security looks really good. Um, if you look half decent at North, you're probably going to get games. So that's Paul <laughs> Curtis's um, situation. Now, he nearly got a game late last year as well when they thought they, they'll give him a little bit more in the VFL. So I think he's in the team to stay, to be honest. Um, yeah, okay. He's not going to set the world on fire scoring-wise, but he'll make solid cash and he'll be a little bit of a slow burner. He'll maybe be a little bit up and down just because he plays for North and he is a forward. So he's probably a little bit reliant on kicking goals. Uh, last week, I think he had one goal three. Yeah, um, so he's definitely getting onto the scoreboard. So if he can kick a, a couple of you know twos and threes um, goal games, then he'll make some really good cash. And um, yeah, the round 14 buy, check your buy structures. The round 14 looks pretty poor for most people. That's that's a buy that Melbourne have, and a lot of us are targeting a lot of Melbourne players. I think Collingwood also have that buy as well. So 
Um, something to think of when you're looking at trade-ins. We'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later, Dana, about the buys. And you yep. need to start thinking about them just to make sure we've got decent enough cover, especially with your primos. But if you can get rookies playing over the buy as well. I mean, I guess your rookie pre- um, trade-ins, because we do have a few options in the next couple of weeks, I think if you're stuck between a couple, you would choose the one that suits your buy structure most. And that is absolutely team-dependent. Um, you want to try and get 16, 17 at least um, scores on the field. Hopefully more, obviously. But sometimes you're not going to get 18 over all three, I don't think, unless you're burning, what, 12 trades over that time. And that's just madness, I think. So, yeah, um, yeah. if it suits your buy structure and if you're looking pretty shit in round 14, Paul Curtis might get you a 60-odd and, and be the difference between a, a league win and a league loss. So, um, yeah, not a bad trade-in. Yep, we got uh, Robbie McComb is our other one. 102k mid for the doggies, minus 41 break even, 50 average. Um, he had a fair few touches actually, Pato, um, on the weekend. But I'm I'm not personally sold on the job security there. You are though. You actually reckon he's got solid job security? Yeah, I think they'll find a spot for him even when Lockie Hunter returns. He's playing that wing role at the moment. He's getting plenty of the footy, and that's that's the ticker for me. Now, he has turned it over a couple of times, but I wouldn't be too concerned. He passes the eye test, and that's that's the big one for me. Now, um, he had 21 touches on the weekend. I think he got close to a dream team ton, um, which is uh, always a pretty good indication of how you've actually played as well. So, um, yeah, he ticks the eye test. He got 83 in dream team, which is a pretty solid, solid. score. He had f- five clangers. Um which I can't see happening every week. So he's got scope to improve and he's 102K as well. So he doesn't even have to score great to make pretty decent cash. So I like Robin McComb. Um, it's it's another one where if it suits your buy structure, it does have the round 13 buy though, um, which is pretty good coverage for most people. So um, a, lot of pre- a lot of popular primos don't have this buy. So maybe you opt for a Robbie McComb instead just because of the, uh, sorry, Paul Curtis instead just because of the buy. But um, yeah, I think the job security looks good and his scoring potential looks high as well, but he plays for the dogs. So a lot of them get sort of 15 touches a game anyway. Um, it's just no matter, depending on what you do with it. So yeah, I, I think he's, he's here to stay. Obviously check team sheets on Thursday night. He plays the first game of the round. So you can definitely have a, have a suss of, of it early in the weekend. Yep. Now we're going on to some one game players. First one's the obvious one in Greggy Clark, 117k mid, minus 48 break even. Just pumped out 104 in his first game. This is a bloke that everyone was talking about in preseason. It was a lock in everyone's team almost, and then he got injured. So he's finally played his first game, and fucking thank the super coach gods, he's playing it at, played it at the right time. He's we we all know he's going to be good. He's a waffle fucking stud. Waffle fucking stud. And he's got the... He's 24. Um, people thought he was much older. He's actually 24, but mature age body, mature... He's just going to fucking kill it. We all know he is. And now, like, if you... I'm I'm personally okay with going a week early on Clark. Pato's not okay with going a week early on Clark, I'm assuming, Pato? I've traded too many rookies in early Dano um, and they've ended up doing an injury in that first couple of weeks and then you're stuck with them on the field, on the bench. So I'm trying to learn from my mistakes year to year, Dano, um, not repeat them. So Greg Clark looks a million percent a must-have. Um, his role looked unbelievable. He's an inside man. At the end of the day, he's keeping a Norm Smith medalist out of the team um, yep. in Andrew Gaff. So 
But the fact that he popped his shoulder out preseason, um, he's come back six weeks later. I, I think there's risk there, and especially with the role he plays, um, he's in and under. Very, very susceptible to maybe popping it out again. Hopefully not. Um, I want to see him for one more week, and just um, if he's if he turns again and he's healthy, obviously he's um, yeah the biggest must have in the history of Supercoach next week. Um, just I mean yeah, but it's got it's got shades of who like well uh, not Walters um, Michael Barlow when he was. A ridiculous cash cow. Like it's just the yeah. role is mature age midfield, um, shit team. So they're going to pump games into him. Um, oh. Yeah, he's going to. He's projected break even next next round. Dano is negative one hundred and forty. Yeah, he rem- he's giving me Tim Kelly vibes when he was at Geelong. Yeah, yeah, same sort of vibes. So yeah, I I don't want to go early just because of the injury history. Um, it's happened too many times for me, but. Yeah, looks looks like a must-have. I think you grab one of the two that are on the bubble this week. Um, now, Greg Clark has the same buy as Robbie McComb, so maybe Paul Curtis is the one that you bring in because it suits the buy structures better. And um, you grab Greg Clark next week um, as some some bench cover for that really good buy. Um, but Would yeah, Greg bench cover? Clark or... looking, looking the goods. So well, he, I mean, not many, not many primos miss out in that buy, Dano. Yeah, like yeah, well, it's moving, best eighteen. Yeah. I'm looking yep. at my team. I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. I've got fifteen primos playing, plus Bruce if you don't clown him as a primo, plus O'Driscoll if I don't trade him out before that. Um, and yeah, I. I th- I think he'll be borderline best 18 in that. I mean, if he's getting hundreds, he's going to be better than maybe Will Brody by that time for me uh, and whatever. But yeah, he that's the strongest buy for most people, but check your buy structures. But the buy doesn't matter with Greg Clark. He's going to make too much money. So you just got to bring him in if he yeah. does well again this week. Yeah. And the next one we got on the list is Jack Carroll. 123K mid, minus 46 break even. Got a 95 to be honest, and I'm, I'm, I don't know much about him. I, and you know how much I really love researching rookies and all that, Pato. I honestly don't know much about Jack Carroll at all. Yeah, I think he was drafted last year. Um, played midfield in their VFL team and um, came in and got some midfield minutes on the weekend. However, A, they yeah, were but... playing um, North Melbourne. And B, and B, George Hewitt didn't play. So the midfield minutes won't be there. And he's 19 years old. So, I mean, great exposure for him. Good on the young kid. Um, Hopefully he does well. But the score is is probably going to be his high score for the year. Let's be real. Um, Hopefully not. Hopefully we'll get a really good catch cow there. The other thing is he's got the round 12 buy. And if you have a look at your buy structures, everyone, (laughs) um, that's probably a pretty shit buy for you. So, yeah. Wait and see with Jack Carroll, but mid only as well. So he's just he's going to be completing with Greg, uh, Greg Clark, and Greg Clark's the one you want. Yep, yep. Um, we've got another one here. Morris Rioli Jr., 123K mid forward, 92 he got. Um, I know fuck all about Morris Rioli Jr. I only know that he's a Rioli, Pato, and you're the, the Richmond fan here. So do you want to talk about him in greater depth? Yeah, got a taste of footy last year as a small forward, but... Didn't really do great. It was probably a little bit early in his development to be thrown in there. Um, 
but he's your classic small forward, pressure forward, and he does it really well to his credit. Um, he's got real Dan Rioli vibes in that sense, and I don't mean to comparing with his nephew technically, even though Maurice is younger. Sorry, Morris is younger. Um, yeah, technically it's Dan's uncle. Damn. Um, <laughs> but yeah, got a taste of it last year. Averaged twenty three over two games and was clearly not ready for for AFL footy. Um, got three goals on the weekend, which was really good for him. Um, but it's the pressure that that Richmond love, and it's probably what we've been lacking as well. So I think his job security is really good. I don't love his scoring potential, though. He's not going to play West Coast every week. I can see him getting 30s. I can see him getting 80s. I just don't think it's reliable. Um, he's also got the round 12 buy, which is pretty shit. So, yeah, um, yeah look. Not great. Job security, good. Um, but a lot of us jumped on Roses last week. Um, maybe he's a little downgrade from Durden and you have that mid-forward swing to help you out through the buys after you get through round 12. Um, maybe that's the play because he is DPP. But, yeah, I think I think he's going to stay in the team, let's put it that way. Um, and we'll just see what he can do with that. He's got Collingwood this week, so he may have another decent enough game. Um, I don't even know who we have the week after that, but it doesn't really matter. But, yeah, keep keep an eye on him. Um, Koch yeah, and we'll Dusty are both going to come yeah. back into the team. Yeah, we'll, yeah? we'll just okay. leave it there. Yeah, because <laughs> we'll go on all day. Otherwise, um, next one we got is Aiden Beg, one twenty one k ruck, got an eighty one. Played a back up to Cameron, um, but yeah, wait and see how he goes. Um, he's young, developing. There's so many fucking rookie rucks this year, Pato. Yeah. Yeah, um, where where was the two bench ruck spots like we like we used to have available, Dano? Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, um, we all complained about it because it was always a dead spot in our uh, R four, but now now we'd love that cash gen. It's just a year of the rookie ruck, but um, no, look, he looked okay. It's actually someone I forgot to put on the run sheet because I wanted to talk about him, but Darcy Cameron. But maybe we'll address it a little bit later. But he is looked okay. Stranica or whatever his name is. Stranatica, yeah. Um, yeah. Look, I don't love it. I don't love it. Beg Beg looked decent, but he's not playing the main ruck. He's going to play as a backup. So a, a, a full forward for Collingwood? Yeah, no, nah, no thanks. Yeah, I'm going to chuck Luke Stranatic in here right now, even if that's how you fucking pronounce his name. He's 102k ruck as well. Minus 73 break even. Um, he's, he's on the bubble. Um, but yeah, you're not a that... fan of him, Pardo? How did I miss that if he's on the bubble? He's... 56 in round six against Port and 76 in round seven against Richmond, mate. And negative 73 break even. Yeah, you're right. Apologies. Um, must have skipped over that one for some reason. That's okay. That's why I'm here. I'm here to keep you keep you honest, I, um, to keep you on your toes. Yeah, rushed home from work to do the run sheet, and I've, I've obviously <laughs> just had a blind. I had another clanger there this week, but um, that's all good. Yeah. If yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Now some but, there's another rookie ruck. Um, probably better placed with value there, um, but yeah. Well, the thing <laughs> is, I think yeah. um, I think what's his face is back soon, Oscar Allen, and he may play that ruck role. And um, Dixon also played on the weekend, so yeah, they've got a bit to, to throw around there. West Coast, they've got a few different options, so yeah. you don't want someone like that stuck on your bench when Sam Hayes is going to play every week. Yeah, um, obviously he, 
progressed last week. But it looks like Beg might get a, a solid chunk of it as well. So you can afford to probably wait another week on Beg, see what it looks like this week. If he scores another 70 or 80, well, you probably jump on him next week and you know he's going to get at least 10 more weeks. Whereas Stranatica, I don't, I don't think he's going to be consistent with his games every week. Yeah, that's fair. Anyway, we've got one more one-gamer, which is Cooper Hamilton from the Giants. 102k mid slash forward. Got a 68. Pato doesn't know fuck all about him. That's why he's just put on our run sheet. Dano question mark. (laughs) This is your ballpark, mate. Go for Uh, it. So Cooper Hamilton's been pushing his case for a while now. He's a bit of a coach's pet too, I might add. Uh, Probably doesn't know it, but uh, apparently Leon loves, loves him. Um, he's been showing some real good form in the VFL, and um, from all accounts, even when I went out um, to fuck, I've forgotten what it was called, La- Lavington, Lavington, yeah, wherever the fuck that was in New South Wales. Um, Coop's played all right as well, so he's he's I, I can't see him getting dropped. Um, he play, he's one of those role players that he's playing it well, and he was solid. Um, so and the Giants won as well. So the only thing is. If oh, yeah, this is a thing, keep an keep an eye. Give him another week. Give him another week. See how they go. Are the Giants actually back or not? If they're not back, Cooper or even um, Finn Callahan might be on the chopping block. I think Finn might be more than Cooper though, based on roles. Um, and it sounds weird to say because Finn's been fucking solid so far. But yeah, based on roles at the moment and availabilities, Cooper's probably got the whole mid forward kind of deal we need we need more forwards than midfielders but there you go that's basically it there we go thank you i just must also add he's also got the round 12 buy so yeah <laughs> do do with that information what you will check your buy structures yep 100 percent. we're gonna have to try and power through these trade-ins we've got we're, cho- we're chopped a few of them out because most people have got a lot of the guys so we're just gonna roll with people that uh, pretty much cheaper than what they normally would be. We're not going to do your normal fucking this person's killing it, so fucking bring him in this week. We're doing a little bit of different. So first of all, someone who's killing it that you got to bring in <laughs> in defence, Jaden Short, 532k, 112 average, 35% of teams have him. Got a 43, uh, 46% break even, sorry, but the reason why we put him in here, Pato, is because he played in the fucking midfield on the weekend, didn't he? And he got a sexy 152. Will he keep doing that, Pato? And is it time now to jump on? Yeah, super interesting one, this one. He had 23 centre bounce attendances, which is a lot. Um, there were a lot in this game because Richmond kicked about 84 goals. Um, but... Yeah, this is only really relevant because of the role change. Now, if Jaden Short already wasn't a must-have averaging sort of 105 as, as what he was last week, if this midfield role changes, and he was probably best on ground for us, oh, actually, probably Tom Lynch with his seven yeah. goals, five, but Jaden Short wasn't far behind. Um, he's not moving out of the midfield role, even with Dusty and Cochin coming back. I can see that being the three-man midfield rotation, um, and Presti is always injured, so we'll not really talk about him but um yeah like a million percent must have somehow is only in like what 30 something percent of teams um if you don't have Jaden short you're gonna have to bring him in very quickly jump on the role change um if you weren't sure about short before you've got to be sure now after seeing him play in that midfield now i I know it was only west coast um but Jaden short 
has all the the skills to be a really solid midfielder. It's got real rare Rory Laird vibes to it, Dano. Yeah. Um, okay. And Rory Laird averaged what one twenty last year once he moved into the midfield, something like that. So, yep. um, yeah. If for whatever reason you don't have Jaden Short, you've got to jump on now. Uh, be mindful of the role change early. Jump on before he's out of reach because. I mean, give it three weeks. If he's in this midfield role, he'll be out of reach like Tom Stewart is. Like, I can't even look at Tom Stewart because he's over 600K in defense. So, um, yeah, Laird was 116 last year. I can see it short doing that and maybe even more. Um, already averaging 112 playing in defense. So, jump jump the fuck on if for whatever reason you don't have him. Jump the fuck on. Anyway, next one. We mention this guy every week. Um, let's just quickly go through this play. Scott Pendlebury, 542k, 107 average, 3% of teams, 91 break even. It's just fucking consistent. D5, D6 territory. Not the m- most great, uh, huge ceiling that he used to have, but he's just fucking pumping out over 100s every week. And so why why wouldn't you, Pato? Yep, agree. Um, doesn't have bad games and won't have 160s, but he'll get you sort of 90 to a... 95 to 120 odd every week. So could do worse at your D5, D6. So yeah, I like it. Um, next one I've told you to chuck in. And this is this is purely eye test. This is purely eye test with a couple of people changed in the Giants team. And it's Isaac coming. 538k, 106 average, 0.5% of teams. Huge POD category. 112 five-round average, Pato. He's keeping Whitfield out of that halfback role. He's taking kick-ins. Whitfield pushing up a bit more onto the wing now. It's Cummings' back line. It's real old-school Heath Shaw-style fucking play here when Heater was a primo in defense. The only thing is, at the moment, we've just seen Cummings get 100-plus every second week. But I can, just, just by watching, and I don't know whether it's just because the, the Giants played so fucking good or really, I don't reckon Adelaide played the greatest, but the Giants fucking killed him in that first half. I don't know whether it's... If if they've come to play, coming will fucking destroy. And let's hope that they do, because I'm very biased. <laughs> but yeah, I just... I, I test-wise, man, I just wanted to include him, because if he explodes at 538k from here on in... Remember, it's when you bring the guys in, it's what they average for you after you bring them in. And coming could be one of those ones that just absolutely just is a massive POD for you at 0.5% of teams. Could win you some league games. So, Pato, I'm, yeah, you can talk about him as well, but I just I really wanted to include him. Just as the eye test, man. Eye test. That's all I can say. Yeah, so it actually seemed like Whitfield moved more into a half-forward role than a wing role that he's playing most of the year. And it actually allowed coming to get a little bit more of the ball behind... Um, behind center and the further interesting thing here is that the crows usually this year have conceded very little from half back so Jaden short scored 50 odd against adelaide um and they've done really well in clamping down those sort of halfback rebounding sort of defenders so somehow isaac cumming has bucked that trend and, and got 33 touches um in that role so Look, it looks good. Um, yeah, as you said, huge POD. He's got 112 five-round average. So that's a really good sample size. Um, as you said, he is a bit up and down. He's, he's turned in every second game. But if his worst performance is an 80-odd, you can live with that. Um, defense is pretty strong this year. So that's your only probably counter argument. 
But the guy's 24 years old, so he's coming into his prime. Um, and, yeah, as you said, passes the eye test, looks really good. And if Whitfield's going to play a bit more forward, um, yeah, the back line's all his. Yep, yep. And the next guy that we got, and this is one that you've chucked on, is Dan Rioli, 421K, 89 average, 6% of teams. Now, I'm assuming that you've put him in here because of the whole short role change. And Vlosten um, is kind of taking over the short role, but kind of sharing it at the same time with Rioli. Um, I'm vibing that maybe, Pato, or am I completely wrong? Yeah, 100%. So if you didn't uh, listen to our podcast last week, we were against Nick Vlosten. Now, Nick Vlosten had another really good game, and that doesn't surprise me with Jaden Short going to the midfield because, obviously, there's a bunch of kickouts available. There's that rebounding halfback role that... Vostin and Rioli will move into and they'll share that load. So Rioli scored 100 with that short sample size. I can understand why you'd want to see him another week um, when he's not playing West Coast, um, not playing a waffle team. So give him one more week. Um, but if he looks great again and if Jaden Short plays midfield again, I think Rioli is a really good trading option. Now he's a defender and forward, which comes in really handy for DPP swings. Um, you can even chuck him in your forward line because the forward line is looking a little shaky this year as it has the last couple of years with real up and down scorers like Zach Butters scoring 140 one week and fucking 60 the next. Um, but with a break even of 73, you can afford to see Dan Rioli one more time. Um, I'll be watching him very closely. I'll be at this game and um, I'll be watching Rioli very closely and, and seeing if he passes that eye test because um I really like it, and he's still really cheap. So if I can pick up my D6 at 420, um, actually, Luke McDonald, I got it under 400,000. Um, but if I can pick up my F6 at 420, I should say, um, or 440-odd if he has another decent game, um, yeah, really great value. And I think value is really important because if you've missed out on a Gorn or a Steel or someone like that, you're going to need the cash in that midfield. And they're the money makers. They're the, they're the ones that will get you these 187 scores like Lockie Neal did on the weekend. Um, and they're the ones that will win you the weeklies, win you, I mean, you know, rise the rankings, win your league games, stuff like that. So if you can find form in the other lines, uh, sorry, not form, value in the other lines, um, I think you jump on it. So, yeah, what, just watch Dan Rioli this week and see how he goes against Collingwood. But, I think with Jaden Short moving out of that defense, there's a lot more footy to available down there for Boston and, and Damarelli. Now, I'll raise this with you, Pato, because we both suggested a player each, mine coming, yours, Rioli. From here on in, do you reckon that they could average in, I don't know, top six to eight defenders or top six to eight forwards? Because we've, we've suggested uh, them. Look, I don't think Cumming goes into the top six um, defense or six to eight defensive from numbers because from here on, no, because you've got yeah. Stewart, you've got Hewitt, who are both going to average 110 plus. You've got yep. Witherden, who will probably average about that as well. Jaden Short playing midfield, he's going to explode. Sam Doherty, who I know had a, a down game on the weekend, so his price might come down a little bit. Sinclair. There's five just there. We'll see what Nick Foston does. Um, and then you've got guys like Sicily, Pendlebury. I don't think Cumming goes into that group. Yeah. And Even Jack same, I can't see Rioli up forward, to be honest, either. Yeah, I mean, I... Um, 
The seventh ranked forward at the moment, Dano, is Dylan Moore, who we'll talk about soon. But there's only seven players averaging over 100. So to be top eight forward, you might only have to average 95 to 100. Yeah, actually, that's a valid point. That's a valid point. And that and that's where the, the value in, in Dan Rioli lays. And can you put a price value on someone? So you can have a, def- a defensive forward rookie swing. And if for whatever reason you've run out of trades, say it's round 23 and you've run out of trades and... I don't know, Jaden Short's a late out because he's got COVID and he misses round 23. Um, and your bench rookie has priced out or he's not playing or whatever, he's been dropped. And you need Riola to move into the deep defense and you have a forward cover. Like, that's the sort of scenario where Dan Riola comes in more handy. And at 117,000 less as we speak, what can you do with that 117K that makes up the difference in, in scoring? And yeah, Rioli in the forward line. I mean, I've put him in the defensive run sheet because he's a defender as well. Um, but if you look at him as a forward, compared like my my F six currently, Dano is Stephen Canelio, who's averaging ninety eight and has had what four CBAs over the last two weeks. I think he's had two. Yeah, like the the roles dried up, and I can see the scoring drying up really quick. So Canelio is looking like a trade out at the moment. Um, Nick Martin may turn into a keeper. So you just sort of swap those roles and you, you consider Martin as your F6. But Butters is my F5 at 92 average, Dano. And I can see Rioli surpassing that. And I've got, you know, he who shall not be named at F3 also averaging 91. Yep. Yep, okay. Like, we'll move on compare, anyway. Compare we'll with, move on. Compared with those guys, I like it. Yep, okay. We'll move on to midfielders because otherwise we're going to fucking run out of heaps of time. Um Midfielder, first of all, Took Miller. Oh, sorry, Took. It's Took, not Took. Fuck, correct myself. 592k, 118 average, 27% of teams, 85 break even. Fucking man pumped out of 160. Fucking get him in. Yeah, uh, it's this week or next week for Took. Otherwise, he's going to be out of reach. Um, So I'm going to jump on him next week. I'm going to bring in a forward this week who I think is... It must have this week. But, um, yeah, it gives me another week to look at Tuke. He may get some attention this week playing Sydney. But he actually has a really good record against Sydney as well. So he may not as well. And also, Lockie Neal scored 190-odd against Sydney. So don't <laughs> don't worry too much about that. So, yeah, vintage Tuke is back. Um, 36 touches, six tackles, two goals, 17 contests. But, I mean, I don't need to go through his stats. We all know yeah, who, how good Tuke was last year. Um, it's this week or next week for him. Otherwise, he'll be out of reach like the others. Yep, cool. Uh, Christian Petrarca, 560K, 116 average, 24% of teams, 107 break even. Um, yeah, he's got a fucking huge ceiling. He's, previously, his main issue has been consistency as well, but fucking, it's Petrarca, man. Like, this, uh, this will probably be the cheapest that you'll get him. True? Yeah, I can only see him going up from here. Um Averaged 111 last year, um, which wasn't great, but he, like, stormed home. Stormed home. So you're going to want him in your team, and he will really hurt you if you're not in his team, if he's not in your team. Yep, yep, yep. Josh Kelly, next one, 542K, 108 average, 117 three-round average in 7% of teams. Pay, repaid the faith on the weekend uh, with his 40-plus disposal game in 153. Um, yeah, Pato, I'm... I'm not sold on Josh. 
I think that there's going to be a shared load with the points at the Giants, and I think that Green will just be the more consistent out of everyone. Whether or not he scores huge or just just above a hundred, I don't know. But yeah, I'm I'm not sold on Josh Kelly. Yeah, I mean, this strikes me as the the moment last year when Josh Kelly moved into the midfield from the wing and just went nuts for the rest of the year. And he had a couple of down games where he was tagged, but that's going to happen with someone as good as Josh Kelly. But I think they nursed him through the first couple of months of the season last year and then unleashed him in the midfield. And he actually played 21 games, which for him, Dano, um, is unbelievable. He only missed one game, which is crazy. So this has real shades of last year about him. Now he averaged the same as he's currently averaging last year, 107. Um, but it's that run home that he did really well in. Now I understand there's injury issues there, um, but at 542,000 is good value. He's got runs on the board. Um, he's great to watch. So that ticks a box there for me. Like I, I don't like bringing in guys that aren't great to watch because it makes me actually want to watch them play on a weekend. And um yeah, proven performer. So could do worse for 542,000 this week. Yep. Um, we've got the next one who we chucked in at the last minute, which is Ollie Wines at 508k, 95 average in 2% of teams, 92 break even. Reason why I brought him up is because you take away that game where he got subbed out, which he was actually going pretty solid in too, mind you. He's actually averaging not bad, and he's dropped over 100k now, Pato, and. He's got a great run home to the season. He's actually got a great next few weeks too. So I think you've seriously got to consider as a POD option, Ollie Wines, at the pretty much when you look at someone and it's their basement price. He could potentially drop a little bit more um, with his break even the way it is, or he might only go up like 5K or something, but he's one to keep an eye on for me, Pato. Yeah, another one of those done uh, round 12 by people, which is the, the first sort of red flag for me. Um, the second red flag is obviously the health issues. We don't know if that's going to bob up again. Um, the third, I mean, we had a good five minutes chat about this uh, before we ever started recording, Dana. Yeah. Um, and I don't think we're going to agree on that. I'm not huge on Ollie Wines. I don't think the ceiling's there. Um, even in a Brownlow year last year, he averaged, give me one sec, 112. But, Which just isn't big. It's not big but, enough. He did storm home. From um, round nine onwards, which is when everyone brought him in after he started looking the goods. From round nine onwards last year, he was fucking brilliant. And he has, he does have a big ceiling, Pato. He does. He can pump out 160s. Pump out 140s. Heck, against your team, his high score is 189. Yeah, so is most of the good midfielders in the comp, mate. <laughs> But you get what I mean. Like, he does actually have that... Josh Kelly scores 200 against us most years. But you get what I mean. He's got that high ceiling. I do. I Look, I, he's good value. I'll give you that. Um, he's playing in a, in a bottom four team at the moment. I know. I think they're going to improve on that. Charlie Dixon's back playing Sample this week. So they're going to get a bit of forward help there soon. But they just lost Georgiades. Mm. Um, look... I don't. I wouldn't begrudge someone from bringing him in. I think there's a better option for just 10k more that we'll talk about when we get to that line. Um, yeah, yeah, that's fair. But I think we should be targeting the bigger dogs than Ollie Wines. That's just my opinion. Yep, yeah, that's fair. 
So we like like we were talking about before. We're not talking about guys that are like absolutely killing it, like Neil Mills, McRae. Although McRae's not really super killing it at the moment. Um, Steele, your Leds, your Walshers, because they're all they're all fucking expensive. So we're talking about those guys that we're trying to get bang for buck at the moment. So like McRae has a break even of two hundred. Pato. So you could drop below 600k soon, and then that's when you like jump on. So they're the ones that we're focusing on at the moment, listeners. The value for money ones. Which brings us to the ruck line, <laughs> Pato. We've only really got one ruck listed. And we talk about the bang for buck thing, and this guy actually... He started the season off a lot cheaper, but he's going all right, and he's a bit of a... P.O.D., you reckon, Pato? I don't actually know what his ownership is. So it's Jared Witts at 557k, 118 average, oh, sorry, 117 average, 123 five-round average, Pato, 45 break-even. What's his percentage of teams and ownership? He's in 25% of teams. Yep, and he's up there. <laughs> like, what? compare him to Gorn at the moment, the way he's scoring. Compare him to Gorn, because Gorn's the best, hands down. Yeah, yeah, clearly the best. Um, but he's only averaging nine below Max Gorn. Now, Max Gorn is trending upwards, of course, um, but he's 120K less. And what can you do with that 120K? Is it the difference between Ollie Wines and Clayton Oliver, for example? Mm. You've got to think of it that way. And um, I think if you don't have Max Gorn, you cannot be paying 677000 for him. Now, I don't. I haven't looked at the questions because I've been at work, Dano, but um, if there's any questions about Max Gorn, obviously we'll address them when it comes, but I wouldn't be looking at I think you've missed the boat, especially if you traded him out. Um, At least he's playing in round 12, so that's a plus. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, But I I think it's too much to pay, and I think you're getting one of the big dog midfielders, Dano, for less than that. And I honestly think the midfielders score more than Gorn. Um, I know Gorn's averaging 126. Lockie Neal's averaging 140 for 33K less. And yeah. I don't know if I'd be paying 644,000 for Lockie Neal. So I think if you're, if for whatever reason you missed, maybe you missed Brody Grundy. Maybe you just wanted to see Hayes and Bruce and see who you wanted to trade to for a week. I don't know. Maybe, maybe you were away for the weekend and you didn't get to do your trades, whatever. Um, maybe you're in a coma and you couldn't do your trades and you've just realized that Brody Grundy's out for 12 weeks. Um, I'd just be looking for someone like Wits or O'Brien or even English if he's back this week, um, rather than jumping on Gorn, because I just think it's too much money to, to, to come up with. And you'd be sacrificing in other lines if you're bringing in a Max Gorn um, or even a Jack Steele or, a, or whatever. Uh, they're just too much money, don't know. And it's, it's the holistic approach do you want Cornelio as your f6 for the rest of the year you probably don't you want to end up upgrading him to a luke parker or an isaac heaney or a or an english if you don't have him like i don't um and i just think that's the difference between having a half decent f6 or being stuck with a Stephen may at d6 like last year when he was cheap under 400k coming out of his injury so i think if you don't have gone you've missed the boat and you've just got to use your money a bit wiser Yep, that's fair. Anyway, we'll move on to the forwards. So the one that Pato's frothing over is Lukey Parker, 518k, 104 average, 124 three-round average, only in 5% of teams, 51 break-even. Fucking, you know when you're at the crossroads and you're like, oh, it's either this player or this player, and I said, 
It's a toss-up between He Who Shall Not Be Named and Luke Parker, and I went for He Who Shall Not Be Named because it was Anzac Day. Yeah, Pepperidge Farms remembers. Fucking Lukey Parker's been killing it. Back in the mid, killing it. Lukey Parker, the sole mid? Nah, not about it. Lukey Parker, the mid forward, Pado. Oh, yeah. Yeah, all over it. Um, the Eight years in a row now, Dono, he's averaged between 100 and 112. Now, he was never quite at that top 10 to 12 midfield range. But I'm more than happy with that. As He's probably going to end up being my F2 or F3. I will get English eventually once his price drops a little bit more. But, um, yeah, Luke Parker is the one for me this, this week. 518,000, you're not going to get him any cheaper at all. Um, like last week, he was at about 470,000. I was hoping he didn't score 150. Yeah. Um, it's just a little higher than what I was hoping. Um, he was always going to be the one that I target this week. Now, um, it's probably Took for me next week. Parker this week, Took next week. That's two players that are playing around 12, don't know. They've got the round 13 by. Um, yep. And that's that's also comes into my planning. You've just got to have future future planning to work around, navigate around the buys. Um, and yeah, Luke Parker plays that round twelve buy for me. So happy days. So does Toot Miller next week. Happy happy days. So um, yeah, I mean yeah, Luke Parker had twenty one CBAs I think on the weekend. Sorry, twenty four um, out of thirty odd. So moist. That's the most out of any of the the Sydney mids. Peter Adams had more because that's the only ruck that they've got healthy at the moment. Um, so yeah, Luke Parker, I think is if you don't have him, you've got to bring him in. Um, look, at, at the start of the season, it looked like his ceiling might have been about a hundred average. He looks like that might be one ten, one fifteen, um, playing in this midfield role. So yeah, more than happy with this one. You've got to bring him in, I think, and I think this week is is the week. Otherwise, it's just going to be out of reach. Now the next two blokes we're putting in because they're massive PODs as well, um, and you just can't ignore some of the scoring now. Next one's Dylan Moore, 495k, 102 average, 0.7% of teams, 52 break even. He went over 140 on the weekend, and he's just been absolutely solid under Sammy Mitchell. He hasn't dropped below 88 all year, and yeah, he's just been consistent as fuck. And then that big game that he just had on the weekend, like, holy shit. Yeah, a bit of a real weird one, because he's kind of playing... I mean, I won't call it small forward. He is a a small in stature forward, but he's probably playing a bit more of a high half forward, but he, he, he pushes forward and kicks goals. It's, it's a similar role to, to a Kane Lambert um, premiership player, obviously, but yeah, a little bit like um, Zach Bailey as well for Brisbane, where they, they get sort of 20, 25 touches a week and they'll kick a couple of goals and that's enough to score to score hundred and sometimes 120. And imagine the, the, the banter if you you come into a super coach semi-final and, and Dylan Moore has Richmond and, and he sort of kicks three or four goals and has 25 touches and gets 130 for you and wins you your matchup. Um, you'd be yeah. fucking laughing and, and just imagine the, the banter from there. Like you got beaten by Dylan Moore and your F6 was fucking Will Brody. Like, you know, just it's a bit of a fun one. Um, huge POD, more of a league sort of outlook. But I mean, hey, if you're going for overall rank as well, um, huge, huge POD and under 500,000 as well. So he ticks a lot of boxes. Um, whether it's sustainable or not, we'll see. But I mean, we've had a pretty good sample size now, and Dylan Moore is averaging 102. So that's really good for a forward this year. Yep, yep. And the last one on our list, uh, we've 
mentioned him before, and I feel filthy talking about it um, because he's absolutely fucking stealing Butters points in my opinion. And that's Connor Rosie at 443k, 77 average, 110 three round average, in 3.5% of teams, 17 break even. Played the same role in the middle, scored 87 against the Kilda, but he had less centre bounce attendance as this game. But why was that, Pato? Because there were nine goals scored in this game, Dano. So correct. Um, you almost have to do a little little math there. And eighty-seven in a game where there was only nine centre bounce attendances. Plus, well, I mean, there was the four at the start of each quarter as well. So there was thirteen. Um, and I I can check his CBAs over the weekend, Dano, but I reckon it was over sort of twelve. So um, I think you've got to adjust his score a little bit and and take that in, into consideration. Um, the thing is, he plays Western Bulldogs this week. So, what better test against the midfield is um, against the dogs? So, I think, I think I've got to leave it one more week, Dano. Um, and if he does well against the Bulldogs, he's going to be really, really tough to ignore. Mm. Um, he had nine centre bounce tendencies, by the way, Dano. The same as Butters, and less than only Wines and Sam Hayes, who says Ruckman. So, yep. Yeah, I mean, he's pushed. Travis Boak out of the centre bounce tendencies. He's only had three this week and he had, didn't have many last week either. So, yeah. I don't love it, Dana. I don't know why you're taking it the way you are. I'm the same. Uh, we have to talk about him though because that's the role change. Did I, can you know, uh, I'm just going to, off off topic, I had a keeper league and I had Rosie and I traded him in the preseason for the worst deal ever and now I'm instantly regretting it. That's probably why I'm really filthy. Anyway, we'll move on to listener questions. And we've had a fuckload, Pado. We've had a fuckload of listener questions. So, And we, we include them all. Um, I'm surprised that um, avid listener Ryan hasn't submitted anything this week. But we've got a few people on Twitter and Facebook that are actually doing Ryan-like questions. So, Sorry, <laughs> sorry, Dano. I'm just going to butt in there. We've got some breaking news. Oh, shit. Um, there is a... No. Probably the only remaining West Coast Eagle that hasn't missed a game through COVID this year has finally got COVID, Dano, and I know you brought him in this week, did you? It wasn't Alex Witherden. It is Alex Witherden, and he's going to miss this week's <laughs> game due to health and safety protocols against his former team. Oh, Jesus. Oh, no. (laughs) I didn't bring him in, though. I didn't bring him in. You didn't. So that's a bit of rotten luck for anyone that did bring him in, especially at such high price. Um, Should only miss the one, though. It's only Monday. So, yeah, he's got in early enough on his uh, positive test that, yeah, he'll play for the following week. But make sure you've got cover for Alex Witherden in this week. I've got I've got um I've got with it in though in my um home league uh with the man Stevie Fizz um from the draft doctors. So I don't think I've had a full team in that draft league um for the past three or four weeks and I'm still killing it, so I drafted very well and got very lucky. But we'll leave it at that. Anyway, we've got some really weird questions this week and some sensible ones. So the first one is from Andrew, who said, Who put the ram in Ramadama Ding Dong? Uh, it's a it's a good question. Um, it's it's got to be someone that was key, that's Kiwi, isn't it? Because you know, oh, ram no sheep. Oh Jesus Christ! Moving on, Jason. Anyway. I fucking love this name. This guy's name's Ripper. Jason is Zorko and 
I think he means, is Zorko a viable option for a keeper at D6? And then he said, thoughts on Martin maintaining his role to be his F6 for the rest of the year. So, Dane Zorko, Pado. He's a bit up and down at the moment. He, I, and you can tell that he doesn't... I well, Personally, I think he does not want to actually be playing in defence. But when he's playing in defence and he's taking kickouts and whatnot, Brisbane are actually winning. So, I might be I might be tripping, Dana. I only watched the second half of this game because I, for some reason I put myself through the whole <laughs> Western Bulldogs game because I had so many people playing in that game. Um, but I have a feeling Dane Zorka had quite a few centre bounce attendances. Now, yeah, he had eleven centre bounce attendances, so he is getting those midfield um, minutes. He's actually looked pretty good at half back, but we've spoken about Zorko before. Um, it's the it's the injury, it's the Achilles that he's clearly still playing through. Now, the fact that he's getting a few more CBAs means maybe he is getting a little bit better. Mm. He's still not someone I'd want to jump on before he has a week off, whether that's a buy or whether they just give him a rest. Maybe this week against West Coast because he probably doesn't need to play against a waffle team. But um, okay, we'll go over his scores so far. So round one was the the real shit one, which was the twenty six. Then he's gone round 216, round 3, 105. Then round 4, he's had another plus 152. Round 5, he's gone 133. Round 6, he's gone 73. Then round 7, he's gone 120. I I reckon that's... Yeah, I reckon he is a viable option um, at D6. 100%. But will he end up being up there, Pado? From, if you, let's say you bring him in now. Will he be up there in the top six to eight defenders by the end of the year from now on? And that's what you've got to consider. Value for money as well as will they be up there? You weigh it up. You weigh it up. And he's at 500k at the moment. If you started him, I'd keep him. But he's someone to look at. Yeah, but I mean, you, you talk about value for money, but Short and Hewitt are both in the 530s. Yeah, I know. Which is only fifteen k, oh, sort of twenty k more, um, and they're not injured. I mean, sorry, Hewitt is injured and he missed a week, but he's not playing <laughs> injured every week. Zorko has looked injured every week, and that's why I don't want to touch this at all. I don't want to have to waste a trade trading him out if he snapped his Achilles. Yeah, um, now, it's just we'll not stop, something we'll I want to we'll stop it there. I don't want to play one. with fire. Yeah, we'll stop it there because we've got so many fucking questions. Um, so thoughts on Martin maintaining his role to be his F6 for the rest of the year? I just wouldn't trade him until he's pretty much he's maxed out. I don't think he can maintain like that for the rest of the year. Um, he potentially could, but there's going to... Everyone keeps forgetting the DPP changes will happen in round 12 and also round 18 as well. And we might find that let's say the Western Bulldogs decide that they're going to fucking keep parking Marcus Bontepelli up forward and give him enough percentage to end up being a mid-forward or some shit like that. I'm just throwing out random names here. There's going to be someone pop up and you'll want to trade Martin to that person when they get that percentage and then they're killing it again. Yeah, that's, speaking that's of round thoughts. 12, Dono, um, another one that has a round 12 buy. Um, so... I think you definitely hold him until that buy. I think being a rookie in his first year in AFL, the drop-off will come. It looks like it's going to come well after Dave Guys and Horn Francis and guys like that because he's a little bit older. 
I, for me, it's probably a hold till the buy. Maybe you hold him for the 13 or 14 buy as well, just for cover. And then you offload him after the buys and he's probably your final upgrade at least. But in saying that at the moment, I've got Will Brody, Zach Butters, Canelio and, and sorry, and he who shall not be named. So when I compare with those, he's actually a bit more consistent than those guys. And yep. who knows, if Essendon still keep doing shit, he might even start getting midfield minutes. They've already dropped Dylan Shiel. I know he was the sub on the weekend, but that was a huge statement. And I think Hobbs will probably get a spell. Martin could start getting midfield minutes, Dano, and all of a sudden he's looking like a great keeper. So, yep. yeah, I'd be holding him as long as possible as your, your last upgrade. Yep. Um, Pantella says, uh, starts talking about Morris Rioli Jr. needs to be a serious consideration. Um yeah, he's basically going on about, um, yeah, like, this is what he said. Morris Rioli Jr. needs to be a serious consideration, right? Been on the cusp of selection all year, can naturally kick goals, which is something Tiger Smalls have struggled to do this year with Dan Rioli switched to defense and Dusty not playing. Well, that's why we discussed him earlier. Um, Pantelis, um, yeah, we'll move on to the next one then, Pato, because we already discussed that. Jason. He's thinking of bringing in Clark, so Greg Clark, a week early, which allows him to bring in Max Gorn instead of Took. Is that too risky on the Clark side of things? But I have a feeling I know what Pato is going to say here. Yeah, we kind of touched on both of these topics separately, but if you combine them, I I think you got to let Gorn go. Um, I Clark, I can see the merit in bringing him early. I think it's risky, but I can see why people would do it. But I'd be looking at Took this week um, just for the value. And who knows, Gorn might have a game where he might score 80-odd. Maybe next week, because Gorn played a whole game this week in the ruck, maybe next week Gorn plays 70% forward just to sort of spell him a little bit. And Luke Jackson off a week with COVID um, plays 70 or 80% in the ruck. Um, and it's yep. probably a better, better matchup for Marshall. So, yeah. I'd be letting Gorn go through to the keeper and bringing in Took instead just for the value. Uh, we got Brandon next. Rosie for F6 if he keeps his mid position. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm too biased on this. I just don't like it, honestly. I want to I want to say yes, but it depends on who else he has. Because if he has Butters, if he has he who shall not be named, um, and Cornelio, I think it's too much and you can't afford another one like that who is really up and down with his scoring. Um, yeah, yeah if, if he's already got Parker and he doesn't have the Collingwood forward, maybe it's worth the, the risk. But it probably depends on the rest of the forward line, really. Um, I just don't like and it. And who else of the, the big dogs he has, really. I just don't like it. I fucking hate Connor Rosie. I just... Ugh. Too much bias by me, though. Um, Tate. Ooh, Tate's not the first one this time. Um, Josh Kelly or Christian Petrarca or neither? I'm going to assume he already has Parker because he is the number one trading option this week for me by a mile. Um, Petrarca. This is easy for me, Petrarca. Yep, yep. I'm going to say Petrarca as well because I already said I don't like the (laughs) Josh Kelly one. Um, okay, so I'm going to go to my Twitter now because yours has been infected with a lot of people and you just absolutely getting baited, Pato. Um, so my my Twitter, I've got Nashi Aaron Monish saying, is McComb a must-have rookie this week or should I just use the two trades and get Clark in an upgrade? Need Clark this week so I can field him. 
I actually am not sold on McComb, whereas you are, Pato. Yeah, I think he passes the eye test. On McComb, McComb, whatever the fuck. I I actually don't mind going a week early on Clark. That's me. I but I I like Clark job security and everything better. Pato just doesn't like the fact he's popped his shoulder out in the preseason. Yeah, I just don't want to get stuck with him on my bench. I've got Brady Hoff at the moment. Um, sitting there not playing games and sure he didn't get injured, he got dropped. But um, yeah, I just... It's happened too many times, as I mentioned before, where you bring in a rookie after one great game and he, he either gets dropped after one poor game or he does something and, and is injured for the rest mm. of the year. So... I want to see him get through another full game first without getting injured, and then um, I'll be all over him like a... Yeah, let's not go there. Um, yeah, I'll be all over him next week. Well, here's one for you, Pato, because you've already said which one you think's a priority this week. Duncan asks, bigger priority, Took or Parker? Yeah, I'm actually Parker. in the same... I'm in the same predicament um, where I could... I could get both in, but I am going with Parker this week and I'm going to give Tuke one more week. Um, I mean, Parker, it was a similar situation last week where Parker I was on the fence with, um, went with Clayton Oliver instead. Obviously, Parker scored more, um, but I'm, I'm still okay with that decision. Um, but yeah, I think Parker this week, Tuke next week, and, and that's what I'm doing. Yep, that's fair, that's fair. Um, and then we got another one from James who said, does number 17 exist? And he is talking about another, none other than Will fucking Gould. I saw, I thought I saw him once at Lavington for a solid five minutes. And I've, I've, I'm convinced it was a mirage. He was not, na- he was named on the extended bench this week, Pato, and then obviously didn't make it. Does he fucking exist? I mean, he's been photographed, but... So oh, no, I was the one that took the photo. No one's ever found. Pardon? <laughs> I was the one that took the photo. <laughs> yeah, he's been photographed, but so is Nessie, and she's never been seen, actually. So um, <laughs> until he plays an AFL game, I won't be convinced that the guy exists. Um, yeah. What was the, What was the quote? Heath Grundy spent six years in, in the system before he debuted and he's a premiership player, so we've just got to be patient with him. Um, bit of a weird one, so... I mean, Jake Lloyd's been playing shit. Maybe Jake Lloyd gets fucking dropped for, for Will Gould. Wouldn't that be an interesting little paradigm? Mm, yeah, that would be very interesting. So, Pato, I'm going to go to your Twitter now. Um, Nathan... Well, don't go there, mate. <laughs> Nathan asked, why is calling a Palmer a Palmy clearly wrong? Wait, where's that? Oh, I'm in yours. Fuck. No, I'm in, I'm in yours now, mate. So why is calling yeah. a Palmer a Palmy clearly wrong? And then he said, also, why do clubs take so long to play drafted rookies in their clear position? And then he's got the big eyes at Hobbs. Yeah, no, huge shout out to Nath. We have some um, pretty good chats weekly. Um, we won't go into the content, Dana, because you won't like it. But um, <laughs> it's it's a Palmer. Um, it's definitely a Palmer. Now, I know the spelling is Palm with an I, but you say Palmer Jana. It's um, not Parmigiana. Um, we're not Italian. So um, it's a Palmer, clear as day. Um, if you if you think I'm wrong, then I don't want to hear it. Um, it's a Palmer. In terms the of the, the, the rookie situation, yeah. Yeah. T- in terms of the rookie situation, it's a real interesting one because you see guys get played out of position all the time and they don't get the opportunities because they don't play their natural position. Now, most 
elite juniors come through as midfielders. And unfortunately, there's not 18 midfield spots unless you play for the Dogs. So um, you've just got to bide your time. And unless you're an in, incredible kick like a Jaden Short um, who can really thrive in defence, then you'll never really get that opportunity. Now, plenty play forward as well. Petrarca um, is someone that has played pretty decent up forward and then gone into the midfield and obviously killed it. Darcy Parrish is another one um, who played forward for way too long and then got unleashed in the midfield. And, and guess what? He's a pretty good fucking midfielder. So, yeah, Hobbs is a frustrating one. Seeing him play half forward is an absolute travesty for a guy that's played as an inside mid his whole life. Um at least they dropped Dylan Shield, who is the most overrated player in the AFL. And I won't even argue with anyone about that because I'm fucking right. Um, yeah, I, I can see Hobbs getting dropped this week, unfortunately, and it's not even his fault. He's not a forward. Simple as that. Yep, yep, that's fair. Um, I'm not going to go into your other ones, Pato, because you're fucking just bite so easy on Twitter. You need to eat a Snickers. Fuck. <laughs> Yeah, I was. I, I averaged two k. Um, sorry, I ranked two k a couple of years ago, and that's my. That's all I'll say about that. Can we? Was it uh, now? This is going to sound really weird. So back, way back when, um, for Supercoach first started out, I used to do a team for me and a team for my dad. My dad would give me like I'd ask him, oh, and for those that do not know. My father is nicknamed the Oracle because for some reason he pulls fucking shit out of his ass and he'll be like, oh, this person will get 30 plus disposals this week and it's some fucking random. And then they go and do it. So I think it was about oh, first five or so years or whatever it was, I'd, I'd go to dad and be like, hey, give me some players. And like, I think it was, oh, when was Daisy Thomas's fucking ripper year? Because he picked him that year. I think it was like 2010 or some shit. Was it his? The premiership year? Yeah, I think it was. And he'd just come out randomly and gone, Dale Thomas is going to fucking absolutely destroy this year. And I'm like, fuck off. He's okay. And then, yeah. Anyway, the amount of times I used, like, different email addresses, I can't remember which one I used for which. And I don't know if anyone else was the same that used to do that. And then you'd fucking re-sign in. Like, I'd do one login with Facebook, then one login with my Gmail account, and then I'd forget which one I used for which the previous year because I never had... The data previously, Pato. It was 2011, by the way. He went randomly. Yeah, 60, my... Um... Yeah, 60, 78, 78, 74, 94, then 109. So from 94 to 109 randomly. It's the only year the average over 100, and Dad picked it in 2011. After It was after their premiership year. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Was that his first year at Carlton? No, I'm pretty sure it was at Collingwood. Pretty sure that was he was still at Collingwood. I think he went to he didn't. Uh, hang on, let's have a quick look. I thought it was after the premiership that Daisy went. No, nah, he played the Blues in round three in 2011. So no, nah, he was still at Collingwood. There you go. Oh, um, then yeah, he no, went, then, yeah, then, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm the same. I haven't got my full Supercoach history, but I mean. We all started out just picking mid-prices because we thought, oh, yeah, that guy's half-decent, not actually knowing how to play with guns and rooks, and now there's so many uh, resources available mm. to help you with those sort of decisions. But, um, yeah, I think 2K is definitely my highest rank so far, but I am coming home like a steam train, and I am, yeah, yeah, just just watch out. You know, I'm going 
I've, that one round this year where I told everyone I dropped a fuckload, it's absolutely killed me. So, only way is up from here this year. Um, yeah, anyway, we'll go on to our VC and C options this week, Pato. There's a lot of fucking VC and C options last week. Um, who I actually would not have picked Neil to get as high as he did. Fucking hell. We're, we were thinking Gorn, um, Oliver. We were thinking... Um, Crips and all them and then fucking old, old mate just pumps out like a 180 odd so fuck um, anyway let's get into it Friday night we've got two Friday night games Pato the first one's Port Adelaide versus the Western Bulldogs at Adelaide yeah but, and both of them are interstate it's really fucking weird yeah and really close to each other too what the fuck okay um, Port Adelaide versus Western Bulldogs at Adelaide Oval. Yeah. Who, who Do you have any VC options in this one, Pato? I'm actually... The the frustrating thing is McRae and Dunkley not firing at the same time. It's bloody annoying. Both it's almost like one of, them, one of them does well while the other one doesn't and vice versa. Really, really frustrating. Um... Look, I don't think you can trust either of them with the captain at the moment. Jack McRae was the biggest captain lock most weeks last year, um, and you'd be pretty confident with that. But it seems a little bit up and down this year. So, yeah. But maybe you throw the VC on Jack McRae, and and you'd be pretty happy if he gets one thirty and just sort of be done with it for the for the weekend. Um, but yeah, try picking between Dunkley and McRae, which one's going to go off and which one isn't. It's not an easy option. Yeah. Got anyone from? Um... Port Adelaide here. Why? How how long is um English out for? He's not back yet, is he? I I think Friday will come too soon, so I think it's probably next week. Um, yeah, I don't mind Connor Rosie. I don't, uh, don't know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. As a that's VC. really disgusting. Yeah. Like there it. it is. There it is. I was waiting for the bite. There it is, fellas. Fucking disgusting. Ugh. Jesus Christ! So don't fucking wind me up. You bastard. Ollie, Ollie Wines has a pretty good record against the Bulldogs as well. Um, if you're risking bringing him in this week, um, yeah, 139 and 161 in his two games against them last year. So doesn't mind uh, roughing up the Bulldogs, Last uh, does Ollie Wines. And, and it's only a VC, so if he has heart problems or whatever, hopefully not, obviously. Um, I'm going to say something here. We have overlooked one man that has dropped almost 80k. And the reason being, he's dropped one one game under 100, Pato. And he's dropped 80k. He's down to 578,000. Is it Bailey Dale? No. It's Marcus Bontempelli. Uh, I don't like the salad, Dano. Yeah, I, I know. He's only had one score... Like let's let's see your scores. It's one oh five, one oh five, one oh eight, one thirty six, one oh two, eighty eight, one fifteen. He could even be a viable, viable trade in soon. But like yeah. maybe this is the week that he just goes bang. Maybe, maybe this is the week. His break even's in the one thirties, I'm pretty sure too. But yeah, he's he's been the forgotten man, Pato. Marcus Bontempelli. Yeah, he's just because his role changes week to week. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Um, do, 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 do. You don't like anyone else? No. 
No. Okay. Go to the next one at 8.40pm at Optus Stadium. Fremantle versus North Melbourne. Oh, here's a VC option, Pato. Here is a VC option. Who is it? Roy Lobb. What? You're fucking shit-stirring me now, motherfucker. No. Mate, he's got a three-round average of 111, and he'll probably score 160 against North. No. 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 He's in 1,200 teams. That's filthy. But no, it's Brayshaw. Yeah, it's Brayshaw. I'll try and find an an ex-Giants player in each game and just wind you the fuck up. (laughs) That's actually a really good three-round average, eh? 101, 120, He's killing it, yeah. Yeah, shit, fuck. Okay. (laughs) Oh, man. You're, it's just because I've been giving Pato shit for fucking being easily baited on Twitter and I'm getting easily baited in this podcast right now. It's fucking triggering me. I'm going to get PTSD. Um, Saturday, <laughs> you didn't like anyone else um, from the Frio North game? Not really. Um, I mean, the ball's not going to spend enough time to look at Luke Ryan. Um, yeah, I mean, maybe Sean Dicey comes back, but North actually don't have a horrible ruck rotation. So, yeah, no, not really. Yeah, fair. Saturday, May 7th, EMCG, 9th versus 8th, 1.45pm, Richmond versus Collingwood. If he's back, do you think Dusty goes boom? Yeah, I reckon he, he has a bit of a statement to make. Um I don't mind Will Hoskin Elliott as a as a cheeky POD here. You're a, you're a fucking dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> I actually reckon he scored really well against Richmond last year from memory. Oh, 89, so not not great. But... Stop it. Yeah. <laughs> Stop it. Um, no, like, he who shall not be named might get off the, the hook a little bit here. Um, from memory, he towed us up last year. Yeah, Jaden Short's the other one for me. My VC will probably come from this game, Dano. I'm actually tempted to do a VC, Jaden Short, but then the next game, the next fucking game could see another fucking 180. Oh, at the same time. Fuck at the that same sucks. fucking time. And that is Sydney versus Gold Coast. And you could get a Tookie Miller going 140. You could get fucking Callum Mills going 180. Yeah, Mills is a fucking Luke, heat. Luke Parker going 140. Like, you could have an Isaac Heaney go big. Just saying, and they're on that same time as Richmond Collingwood. So really, your VC is going to come out of one of these games if you're not doing the either Brayshaw VC against North or McRae or even Dunkley against Port. And it's just shit that yeah. they're on at the same time. Yeah, it is, but sometimes yeah. it'd be like that. It be it do be like that sometimes. Um, anyone else in the Swans Gold Coast game? I mean, maybe maybe Jared Witts goes nuts again against oh, Peter Adams. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah, move on to the next one. GWS versus Geelong at I think that's Monica. I think they're playing at. Yeah, yep. it is. It is. I got no idea with this one. <laughs> Jeremy Cameron. Look, that one's actually your first valid one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
That one's your first valid ex-Giants ex player because, to be honest, I can't really see anyone keeping up with him. Sam Taylor doesn't have the athletic ability to. Um, yeah, this is a real real tough game to, to VC from. Um, it's Mark O'Connor's around. Um, so does he go to a Josh Kelly and nullify him? Um, Braden Proust might have a decent game because Geelong rucks aren't great. Um, but you wouldn't chuck a VC on Prusy. Um, nah. Tom Hawkins, I think, will have a poor game on Sam Taylor because that's a good matchup for Taylor. Mm. Maybe maybe Whitfield. Maybe this is Whitfield's big breakout game. I can't see it happening. Yeah, no. Nah, I, I don't like anyone from this game. Let's move on. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Essendon versus Hawthorne. <laughs> <laughs> It's in the versus Hawthorne at Marvel. Well, do Hawthorne really tag? They don't really tag, do they? Not really, no. They put a body. They can put a body on play. Jager O'Meara spent a little bit of time tagging this year, but that was a disaster, as you could expect. That's a fucking expensive tag. Holy shit! Yeah, well, um, he's Dar- got to do something. Yeah. Darcy Parish, um, Dylan Shield. <laughs> Just kidding, that guy is fucking shit. Um, Being a fuckwit now. (laughs) Now, in all seriousness, Tom Mitchell has a decent history against Essendon, and Essendon have been leaking a lot of points to midfielders this year. So, um, Tom Mitchell isn't a bad shout if, for whatever reason, you have him. Um, Although, with Darcy Parrish playing as well as he is, they're probably not going to get first use of the footy because he is such good, such a good in and under. So. Um, Sicily. Yeah, I mean, if Dylan Shield's going to play, he's going to get plenty of intercept possessions, isn't he? Because Dylan Shield cannot find a target if he's got (laughs) his dick in his hand, can he? I'd hate to see his toilet floor. (laughs) What the fuck? Because he can't find a target, Dano. He wouldn't be able to find that target. Get a gig as a stormtrooper. Um, (laughs) Shit. Okay, I almost blew my fucking microphone out then. Um, Jai Caldwell? Jai Caldwell, Dana? He's literally fucking Dylan Shield 2.0, so... He is. No wonder they're going shit. He um, is, yep. Yep. Ridley, Ridley looked all right on the weekend, Dana, against the dogs. I watched this whole game. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, Move on to Brisbane Eagles. This is, this is where fucking... Just lock in. Lock, lockety lock, Neil. Locky, Neil. Have a gabber. I, I have a feeling they tagged him pretty heavily last year for a for a low score. No, nope, I'm wrong. One thirty three, and um, the year before that he had one sixty six. So, yeah, this this is my captain. Don't know. I'm all yeah. over it. Lucky Neil. Lockety lock lock lucky Neil. I was going to yep, say Alex next. Witherden, but <laughs> did he play for the Giants? No, he played for Brisbane though. He did. Um. Oh, what about um um Langdon? It's oh no, he's not even named for the Eagles. <laughs> He's ex giants. That says all you need to know. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, biggest lockety lock will be lucky Neil there. Um, then we'll go on to Sunday and the MCG first versus fourth. Big booming blockbuster game. This one, Melbourne versus St Kilda. You've got Jack Steele. You've got fucking Ollie. yeah, Jack Steele, Dano. Yep. They're Jack Steele. The... Yeah, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> Why did we let you go? <laughs> Why? Jack Steele. Um, Clayton Oliver. 
Fucking Max Gorn. Gee, that's going to be a good matchup, isn't it, Dana? Oliver versus Steele. It's going to be worth watching the game alone. Yeah. Fucking rip. <laughs> so, Ma- any, any Max Gorn's another one. Um, yeah. Said him. Yep. Don't know whether Paddy Paddy Ryder is any good anymore at footy. Unfortunately, he's looking at a shell of his former self. Yeah. Um, there's a few guys that could go off here. Um, just let me quickly check Jack Steele and what he got last year against the the Ds. There, one twenty three and one fifty one before that. So, look, take mm-hmm. your pick. There's there's four blokes that you could be pretty happy with uh, dropping the C on in this game, and guarantee you'll pick the wrong one. <laughs> That's just that's just the way it works, isn't it, Dano? Yeah, yeah. Um, last game is Carlton versus the Crows or the Crom, four forty p.m. Marvel Stadium. Yeah, Crows Crows like to leak points against mids. Obviously, look at fucking Josh Kelly, Paddy Cripps, Paddy Cripps, or even a Sam Walsh in this one. Actually, I don't mind a Sammy Walsh. Look, Adelaide like to really, really um, crunch the game and and force a lot of stoppages and, and real contested ball because they throw extra numbers around the footy. So I think Patrick Cripps could go real big in this game. Um, I know, obviously, the Giants picked apart their, their, the Crows' game plan, but I, I, can, see, I can see a, a real contested game happening again here, and Patrick Cripps could be the one that really benefits from that. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Pato, uh, do you want to say your Twitter handle for everyone so they can abuse the fuck out of you on Twitter because you're a dickhead? Yes, it's at the... Uh, no, it's at... Fuck, I, I was about to say yours. It is at P-A-T-T-O-S-Triple-C. And mine is at D-A-N-E-O-S-Triple-C. So from us at the Supercoach Co-Captains, I'm Dano. And I'm Pato. And this is us signing... The fuck off. Please stop giving away decent players, Giants. Thank you.